say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You're listening to Forgotten Hollywood with Doug Hess here on JLJ Media. Welcome to Forgotten Hollywood, your podcast of memories of yesteryear. I'm your host, Doug Hess, and today we have Don Sanders back with us in the studios. Don, welcome back to Forgotten Hollywood. Hey, Doug. It's good to be back. Thank you for having me. Uh, It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Now, uh, a lot of the audience will remember we had Don on uh, a few episodes ago talking about autographs. Don has a very wonderful collection of autographs. I think it's over 2,000 autographs, probably a little bit more by now. And then we also had him on um, a month ago talking about Fred McMurray. Yes, indeed. And you know, the thing about it at that time was that I did not have Fred McMurray's autograph. However, uh, I was able to obtain that since we've talked last. And uh, a real neat story with that real quick. The gentleman that was selling it had obtained it from a uh, doorkeeper, if you will, of a, a popular Hollywood hotel mm-hmm. where a lot of the stars would come in and out. And uh, he knew that Fred McMurray was going to be there. This was back in the early 1980s, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had this picture of Fred with his first wife and their boys. And uh, he said, oh, Mr. McMurray, would you sign this for me? And uh, Fred took a look at it and said, oh, look at that. Uh, you know, it was a picture of his first wife. And, and this gentleman had known that she had passed away. And uh, Fred goes, that's a really nice picture of us. And so he signed it real quick right across the front of the picture. And so now I have one of the... Uh, <laughs> Autographs from one of the best actors in Hollywood. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a neat little story uh, regarding uh, Fred Murray. And obviously, I've never met the man, but just from reading, I, that sounds like something that Fred McMurray would do and just be very genuine in that process. Yes, the, when I did some reading up on him, he always seemed to be uh, somebody who was relatable uh, and always was pretty nice to his fans. He was a he was a consummate uh, professional, though, right. and when he showed up to work, he expected everybody else to be ready to go too. But uh, you know, the, people did consider him to be a very nice person. Absolutely, and I uh, had heard that uh, Barbara Stanwyck was very similar in that. She was very gracious to her friends, but when she was there to work, she was there to work. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, well, that was just the the work ethic uh, for that time period because, you know, people don't understand. Back then when the studios owned you, you could be doing two movies at a time, and 
you know, you had to show up. You had to be uh, Johnny on the spot. You you had to know your lines and be ready to go. And, uh, you know, nowadays it's, it's not necessarily, you know, that difficult for the actors and actresses. Well, that's cool. Neat story that you have there. Uh, any other interesting uh, autograph stories that you have for us today before we jump into some other stuff? Well, you know, the thing about it is, just like with any hobby, you have those people that you just, oh, you're so tenacious to try to get to, and uh, you have all these stories of how long it took, or they were they were kind of a problem child, or whatever have you, and, uh-huh. and uh, one of the people that I really enjoyed was Wilford Brimley. Uh, he was uh, in Cocoon. He was mm-hmm. Texas uh, Ranger. Uh, some people will remember him from the diabetes commercials, right. <laughs> or the, I think he, Quaker Oats, he did Quaker right. Oats too, I believe. Mm-hmm. But uh, he was very difficult to get, and I don't necessarily know why. Uh, he had a ranch in Wyoming, and uh, that was his uh, main address. Gray Bowl, Gray Bowl was the name of the city. And so I wrote several times and just nothing, didn't hear anything back. And then finally I thought, you know what, I'll send one more request. And with that one, uh, it took about, well, about a year. And then I got a wonderful response from his wife, um, and he had signed the picture, and she apologized for the fact that it took so long, but they had to sell the ranch and move on into town, uh, most likely because of their advancing age. And because of that, it had just taken a little bit longer to get back to me. Um, so I was just like, oh, that's wonderful. You know, how neat. Absolutely. And then, uh, yeah. Well, and then, um, you know, sometimes, unfortunately, uh, in our hobby, you lose somebody, you know, somebody that you're trying to get or, or you know, somebody that you've sent a request to. And then sometimes, you know, because of that, it's just a mute point, at you know, right. at that juncture. Uh, one of the ladies that I've been trying to get for years, three different attempts, was Cicely Tyson. And uh, you talk about a, a wonderful actress. I mean, she was just amazing. Uh Pretty much in anything she did, she just was stellar. And I had written to her several different ways. Uh, she had a house in New York, and she was um, an actress in residence at one of these uh, theaters. And uh, then also she had a production company, I believe, in L.A. And so I had written all these different places, and then uh, unfortunately she passed. And But right before she passed... She had put out her autobiography and had signed those, and uh, I was going to try to purchase one of those. I think they were about $35 or something, Mm -hmm. Uh, but because she passed, they all got swooped up, and then people were selling them for hundreds of dollars on eBay. (laughs) Yeah, and that's unfortunate that somebody would would do that. Like you said, a lot of that's just poor timing in terms of that, but it's also neat to hear that these celebrities and these stars are just like us and they they get old and they have life that jumps uh, in the process with them as well. Yes, indeed. Well, and you know, one of the things that I see on a lot of these uh, Facebook groups that I'm part of is that people get frustrated as these actors get older because a lot of times they'll stop signing. And I'm like, come on, folks, they're in their 90s, you know, and, you know, they can't handle 
all of the mail that comes in still because you know we we live in a time right now where there's no such thing as reruns or a show that just falls off you can get any show from pretty much any time in history and so because of that a lot of these older stars that are still living are just getting inundated with requests um one of the ones that i Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to jump in and ask you. There's two stars that are getting up there in age. One is Betty White. The other is Dick Van Dyke. Both are in their 90s, close mm-hmm. to 100. Just wondering, do you have either one of their autographs? I have both. Oh, cool. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, Betty White, she is a animal lover, and she uh, – usually asks for a donation for one of the Humane Society type uh, programs. And so uh, I sent that to her. And Dick Van Dyke is uh, a wonderful, uh, kind person. He's He is a Christian uh, gentleman. And now the story that I'm hearing, though, is that his wife signs the autograph. So I don't know if that's true or not. Oh, no. um, but, you know, to me, that stuff doesn't really matter. Yeah. Uh, I think that it's just the connection that you have and um, that makes it neat. But, yeah, you know, one of the other people that are getting up there in age is Ed Asner. Uh-huh. And uh, he just uh, was in Up. And uh, because of that, he gets tons and tons and tons of requests. And do you know, he responds to every single one of them. He usually writes a full-fledged message, not just his signature. And, uh, you know, uh, what are these Funko Pop things? Is that what they're called? Those figurines? Yeah. Yeah. So people have been sending those out, and he'll sign in the front of it, you know, like, Somebody let me out of this box. It's getting stuffy in here, and then he'll sign his name. So he's really creative in his responses uh, as well. Well, that's that's really neat. And again, like you said earlier, it shows that connection with the fans. Yeah, that's the key. These these older stars still understand the value of their fans because they realize without their fan base, you know, then they wouldn't have had a career. Absolutely, and I, I, I think it's a little tougher for this genre or this generation of actors and actresses compared to uh, some of the old school uh, actors and actresses, uh, and I think that just really shows the difference. Now, we've really talked about actors and actresses, but do you have any directors' autographs? Oh, let me think about that for a moment. Um, I did have Steven Spielberg's, uh, but I gave it away as a gift and uh, haven't been able to get another one uh, yet. Uh, and, and so that's, you know, that often is the problem, too. You know, sometimes you think, oh, well, this person's young enough. I can give it away as a gift and get another one. And I did that with my Don Knotts autograph. I gave it away as a Christmas gift to somebody who was a big fan. And, and then before I knew it, Don had passed away, and that was that. Right. So, and some of those are um, hard to find autographs of some of the lesser stars. Well, you know, yes, but... Actually, because of, you know, um, the Andrew Griffith show and, and the popularity right. of that, he has actually stayed at the top end of the autograph field. Um, but he was, a, he was a prolific signer, which meant that he would just 
sign, 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 sign. So the market is kind of flooded with autograph, but because, um, because he was older and, you know, so forth, uh, the autograph is expensive, which is odd, but it just is because, you know, he's just now and so forth. Sure. Um, but you have to be careful. You know, there's, there's quite a few people I've just kind of given up on over the years and just went ahead and bought the autograph. Uh, but you have to be careful because you want to make sure you're getting it from a reputable dealer. Uh, you want to make sure that you're getting uh, a certificate of authenticity or some provenance with it. Provenance means, you know, there's a story behind it, like the Fred McMurray autograph. Um, but yeah, you know, like, uh, for instance, let's see here, uh, Bette Miller. I, I've always liked her as an actress and a singer um, and just never seemed to be able to connect as far as my requests were concerned. And so finally, I just broke down and, you know, bought one and it was a lovely autographed picture and, you know, paid about 20 bucks for it. So, Oh, that's not too bad. I would have thought it would have been a little harder, to be honest with you. Well, I got news for you. The p people that are still alive and those that are... And I hope Bet doesn't hear this and get upset, but right. like the 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 lesser actors, you know, the ones that aren't the superstars, they tend to go for about twenty, thirty bucks. So yeah, that's neat. well, let's shift gears just a little bit, Don. We've been talking about autographs, but I know you and I have been talking off air uh, as well. And one of the actresses that we've been talking about is Carol Lombard. Uh, go ahead. Well, yeah, she was a fantastic actress and just a wonderful Hollywood uh, beauty. And, you know, she had some really neat connections. Uh, she was connected to Fred McMurray and a lot of these uh, kind of screwball comedies that she did. And uh, if I recall, she was married to William Powell first, and then they divorced a couple of years after they uh, married. And then she finished up her time on this earth, uh, being married to, um, yeah, <laughs> Clark, Gable. Clark, Clark Gable. Yes. I'm sorry. His name just kind of left my, my head. Um, but you know, she, she really fit the whole, um, Hollywood beauty profile, but she just, for whatever reason, that just didn't seem to be her niche. And, uh, so, you know, finally what happened was they started to put her in all these little bit parts, you know, and, and so forth. But then uh, when she was 18, uh, she had a car accident, unfortunately, and left a scar on her face. And so that kind of changed things for her uh, a little bit. She just didn't get to be in as many films, and she was dropped by Fox uh, Film Corporation after that. So, uh, but then she, uh, she hooked up with, um, Max Sennett, who was known for these short comedies, uh, that he would produce. And she just really took off with that. Well, and, and a couple quick, neat, interesting facts, or at least I thought they were interesting facts is number one is, uh, she was born in Fort Wayne, Indiana. So she has Indiana ties. And oh yeah, and like you said, unfortunately, she she left a little bit too soon this earth because she was killed in a plane uh, accident as she was raising Bond 
uh, funds for bonds for the war, and she was killed with her mother uh, that was in a car, or excuse me, in the plane uh, crash as well. The other thing that I thought was really interesting with her is, like we said, she was married to Clark Gable. He went on after her death. uh, He married two other times. But when he was buried, he decided and wanted to be buried next to uh, his his second wife, Carol Lombard. And I always thought that was kind of a neat little story. Well, I didn't uh, I didn't realize that. That's interesting. You know, a lot of times when these stars remarry, they end up being buried by their their final spouse. You know, so. Um, but you know, the thing about it too is, I, I find it interesting. A lot of people don't realize that these stars oftentimes are born with different names, and she was born with the name Jane Alice Peters, and. Uh, so ended up with uh, the name Carol Lombard. You know, I, I'm actually looking at a picture of her, and uh, most of the times that I recall seeing her in movies, she had blonde hair. Uh, but in this picture I'm looking at, she kind of had reddish hair. Oh, that's it. Well, and as we know, stars will change their appearance so they can fit a role or a public profile. Sure, sure. Well, you know, they like to uh, keep everything fresh and new, too. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> well, you know, between uh, 1927 and 1929, uh, she began appearing in feature films. And so she was in a film called High Voltage in 1929 and The Racketeer, also that same year. Uh, but her real first successful appearance was in The Arizona Kid, which was in 1930. And that led to her signing with Paramount Pictures. Yeah. Interesting. Um, <clears throat> now, when she went to Paramount, they kind of moved her away from these these uh, comedies that she was doing and really put her in more dramatic roles. And that's where she met her first husband, uh, William Powell. And uh, she m- married him in 1931. Uh, but they, you know, as I said, they divorced. And it says amicably, which uh, for Hollywood is quite, uh, quite an accomplishment uh, <laughs> after two years. And... Uh, but she she finally went back to what she knew, and she, her turning point in her career really was when she starred in Howard Hawks' pioneering screwball comedy, 20, 20th Century, in 1934. And uh, that was just, you know, that was just her niche and her genre, and she made it work for her. Well, and I think so many times uh, individuals try to mix and match, and sometimes they're not successful because the audience will not allow them or accept them for anything other than what they are, for lack of a better word, stereo-cast uh, in. And I think we see that sometimes. And then sometimes um, they get tired of what they're doing. So they could have been in comedy, get tired of comedy, move to drama, and really find, like we find with uh, Carol Lombard, is going back to comedy was really her age. In my personal opinion, I'm not saying she was terrible when it came to, to dramas by no by no means, but I think that's just what we kind of love and appreciate about her is with the comedies. Well, and it's funny, too, because, you know, uh, if you read much about Lucille Ball, mm-hmm. they tried to force her into that Hollywood starlet 
concept and she she just wasn't having it you know and she ended up being one of the the greatest comedians of all time um you know the interesting thing was as we said there was a connection to fred mcmurray um in the mid-1930s, around 1935, I believe, she was in a film called Hands Across the Table. And that's when she formed her popular partnership with Fred McMurray. And they were actually in several um, films together. And then she was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Actress uh, in My Man Godfrey in 1936. Uh, but unfortunately, she did not win that. But... I think the interesting thing, too, was uh, she was in another movie called Nothing Sacred in 1937, and that's where she met Clark Gable, and uh, they married one another, and they really became like the super couple, the power couple of Hollywood. And, you know, and I don't want to get down the rabbit hole too much, but when it came to Clark Clark Gable, he wasn't known for just having a one-woman man. He was kind of known as being <laughs> as a playboy, but I will say, in my personal opinion, though, I believe of all the women that he was married to, and it was four, I think Carol Lombar was the one that he truly loved. Yeah, it did really seem like they had uh, a kind of a match made in heaven, and you know, it's, it's interesting because you know that when the system presents. Um, kind of this idea that you can have your wife at home and all of these, you know, other ladies. Uh, well, if you present that that's normal, then, you know, a lot of uh, the stars are going to do that. But I do think that a lot of times they do find their their mate, the one that they really connect with. And I, I do agree. I think that they were definitely uh, in love with one another. Um, <clears throat> the interesting thing about that uh, partnership, though, was that, uh, because they were this Hollywood super couple, you know, people were really excited to see uh, what that was going to do to her career. And uh, a lot of times when you have that famous spouse, um, it helps to move your career, propel it along as well. Sure. Yeah, which is just natural to some, some degree. So. Yeah. She really wanted to win an Oscar, but unfortunately, she just really uh, struggled in some of those more serious roles that she had tried to do there towards the end of the decade. So she really went back to her roots. She went back to comedy, and she was in Alfred Hitchcock's Mr. and Mrs. Smith in 1941, and then she was in To Be or Not To Be, which uh, sadly, uh, in 1942, was her final film role. Yes, and then she was, like we said, her and her mother was tragically killed. Uh, raising funds for the troops for the war, and I really believe that Clark Gable was uh, devastated from that, and it was a very tragic ending to um, just a, a beautiful woman and, and a beautiful career. So, well, Don, I want indeed. I want to definitely thank you for coming back on to Forgotten Hollywood and being a guest with us tonight. Well, you are welcome, and it's always wonderful to talk about Hollywood and uh, the the golden years and the silver screen and all of those good things that uh, really set a beautiful foundation for Hollywood. Absolutely. So I uh, just want to remind everyone, you can follow us on Facebook at Forgotten Hollywood. You can also find me on Twitter or Instagram at HessDoug14. We're constantly posting 
uh, information uh, about uh, Forgotten Hollywood out there. And so please like, subscribe to wherever you're listening to your podcast. So when the new edition comes out, it drops, it'll automatically be sent to wherever you're listening to this show at. So thank you for joining me here on Forgotten Hollywood, where we remember the history of Tinseltown. Until next week, see you then. Bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.